Every week at services, men are called up to the bima to read from the parsha, the weekly Torah portion. Afterwards, we read the Hafatara from the prophets, followed by a section from the Brit Hadashah. Some people do not understand the importance of reading from the Torah. They wonder, why not just read from the Gospels? We've dedicated several podcasts in the past to the importance of the Torah. We're going to briefly summarize a few reasons why we read from the Torah. I personally read from the Torah because I'm Jewish, and it is the norm that Jews who love the Almighty read His Torah. That's enough of a reason for most Jewish men. But is there a reason behind the reason? The Almighty told us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, Thou shalt remember all the way which Yahweh thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that a man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahweh doth man live. God's words are our life. He said, I want to make you understand this. We should rejoice that we have his word to read. His words are life. There are many other reasons why we read from each of these three sections. Today, we're going to consider a very unusual reason. Recently, someone told me that he enjoyed hearing the Torah being read, but the passages from the Brit Hadashah just did not seem as majestic as the words of Moses. They did not seem as, well, inspired. The real question, the question behind the question was, why do we read from the Gospels? Are they inspired? They don't seem it. Many of the reasons that we read the Brit Hadashah are the same as the reasons that we read from the Torah. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, as well as Luke chapter 4, verse 4, record Yeshua quoting from the Torah. Messiah declared that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Almighty. This applies to every word that proceeds from his mouth, both in the Torah and in the Gospels. In chapter 6 of the book of John, some people stopped following Yeshua because his words were too difficult for them. In verses 67 and 68, it's recorded that Yeshua turned toward his twelve apostles and asked them, Will you go away also? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Just in the words of Torah are life, so the words of Yeshua are life. Of course we read both. They're words of life. Let's consider the original question from another angle. Yes, the words of the Brit Hadashah are inspired, they're God-breathed, but do the words of the Gospels feel as inspired as the words of the Torah? Let's evaluate this with respect to this week's Torah portion, Chai Sarah. The portion begins with the death of Sarah and Abraham buying some land to bury his wife. Chapter 24 continues with the story of Abraham sending out his servant to find a wife for Isaac. The account is filled with details, and it's quite interesting, in fact, captivating. When the servant finally meets Rebecca's family, he repeats the story, but there are some noticeable changes in the details. Did the servant fabricate the new details? Did the original account simply neglect the extra details? Do we say that the scriptures are not inspired because we find inconsistencies in these two stories? And these differences, they appear in the same chapter? We accept the passage as inspired, and we try to understand what the differences are, why they exist, and what we should learn from the differences. When we see apparent differences in accounts in the Gospels, do we treat them in the same manner? We are to start with the understanding that Brit Hadashah is inspired and try to resolve the discrepancies.
do we do that? In the Torah portion, we find the story of Abraham taking another wife, Keturah, after the death of Sarah. Keturah gives birth to several children. We don't recognize the names of most of these children or grandchildren. We don't find the names elsewhere in the scriptures. Does that detract from our acceptance of the inspiration of the Torah? No. How do we react when we see names in the Brit Hadashah that we don't recognize? Names that only appear once. By the way, does a list of descendants from Keturah feel inspiring too? Does it seem inspired? It is inspired, but for different reasons. Parshat Chai Sarah continues, Abraham's servant brought Rebekah back to marry Isaac. We read in chapter 24 that Rebekah was accompanied by her nurse. What does it mean that Rebekah was accompanied by her nurse? According to the uh, Schadenstein Chumash commentary, Rebekah was accompanied by her nurse because, based on the most commonly accepted rabbinic chronology, Rebekah was only three years old at that time. So the nurse was there to care for Rebekah. A three-year-old watered the camels? Really? I sincerely doubt this, and I would expect that most people would doubt it as well. So when we look at the dates in the scripture and try to add things up, if we come up with an absurd conclusion, do we blame the scripture or do we blame our limited understanding? Do we say the scripture is not inspired or do we say that we have faulty comprehension? Do we apply the same standard to the Torah and the Gospels? People see often what they want to see. There are many passages in the Torah that are extremely difficult to understand, and the rabbinic sages of hundreds of years ago had wildly diverse interpretations. So just because people can't agree on what a passage means, does it mean that the passage is not inspired? Again, this line of reasoning should apply to the five books of Moses as well as to the four evangels. Many of the laws of the Torah don't seem to apply specifically to our modern-day civilization. Many of the laws of agriculture, for example, have little relevance for those people who live in the city today. Many of the details of the sacrifices are not only unclear, even more so, many of the sacrificial laws which we do understand we can't follow because there's no temple. So just because a commandment in the Torah or the Brit Hadashah seems to have no literal application in our time period, does that imply that the passage was not inspired? The commandment to walk into the Red Sea is not to be applied literally in our time period, although some have tried to do so. Even if it can't be applied literally, there's still lessons to learn. There are genealogies in both the Torah and the Gospels. There are commandments in both sections. There are miracles and dramas in both. There are unclear passages and controversies in both. There is majesty throughout the Scriptures. And as we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Keep reading everywhere in the scriptures.